Welcome to the first episode of Fresh is the Word. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. Uh, this is a podcast about music and it's about wrestling. A couple things that I really love to talk about. And for this first episode, I have a hip-hop artist from Detroit named Finale. He's a good friend of mine. We actually used to be roommates at one time. And just a quick note about this interview. I actually interviewed Finale a few months ago, just before him and fellow Detroit hip-hop artist Miss Corona went on a two-month tour of France. And they actually just came back just a few days before that horrific terrorist attack happened in Paris. So I'm super glad that they were able to get out of harm's way. But when I think about it, it's like that shit hit really close to home. And my thoughts really go out to the people out there in Paris because not only did those terrorist attacks shake up a whole country and even the world, it shook up a music community that's not much different than any of ours here in Detroit or anywhere around the world. So that really hit close to home for someone like me or anybody that's just into going out and seeing some good music. So without further ado... Let's get to the interview with Finale. Are you drinking? I'm drinking too. Yeah, we're having fun. Alright, we're gonna have some fun here. Um I mean, yeah, we used to be roommates for a few years, and that was just, uh, that was some fun times, wasn't it? Yeah, man. You got to watch me um, record Pipe Dream and the Promise, argue with my label, watch um, Tate and the Gorilla Funk Mob, you know, break up, make up, (laughs) do all of that shit, like, lots of good times, bro. That's what's up. Got got to hear you argue with your girl a lot? Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot, man. Yeah, but uh, look at us now. We're married, man. We're the beautiful son. and I probably heard I probably heard your son being conceived. Oh, you, uh, you heard a lot of conception. <laughs> <laughs> those, are the, those are the days, you know, those are the days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard a lot of conception, man. I think... Uh, I think you we, you made uh, our other roommate jealous. You know? Oh yeah, it was definitely. I, I guess it was an indirect competition, but uh, you know, it it just is what it is. But uh, <laughs> those were great days, man. It was just I, I lived in the studio. It was uh, it was good, man. I mean, it was just being in and out and just um, taking your truck whenever I need to go somewhere. Yeah, that was that was cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're looking you're like fresh, I need to go somewhere. Can I borrow your truck? And I'm like, Alright, how long are you gonna be gone? And I'm like I'm just going to the grocery store. I come back like two hours later. Two hours later. Yeah, I'm man. like Alright, okay, whatever. But, <laughs> no, those are no, those were good times. Um that was and I remember the you know, kinda like the seed of the, your newest album. You know, odds and ends that you know you did with uh, Odyssey just kind of came during that time. Yeah, man, I was uh, you know, I was still doing the pipe dream thing, so I was in and out of the house a lot, doing traveling, and um, I was already working with Mellow a lot, so you know they was copping a few verses here and there from me and Invincible, so I was already dealing with Mike and Mellow, but um, 
you know, I was already working with Odyssey. So it, it just is what it is. I was working with Odyssey, Kev, and, and Rod, you know, all them dudes, low budget. That's family anyway. So it just was kind of a good fit. So just um, they approached me about it, and it just it just seemed like the right fit. The problem was I had just signed the other deal for Pipe Dream and the Promise, and uh, when Mike and Odyssey approached me, I mean, I went back to uh, went back to Interdependent, and I was like, man, I got to do this. Like, I want to do that project, but I got to – I want to do this project. Maybe this could be something I could do on the side in the meantime. So, you know, I'm glad it all worked out. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was a good opportunity, and I was always looking forward to working with Amir. So his sound is different. So uh, – and, you know, I trusted his sound. So – you know, certain producers, I don't have to like even look, right? Check them. You know what I'm saying? So he, he could do what he do, and I, I could do what I do. I knew I knew the project would be dope. So, are you still? Uh, do you still have something that you have to do for I am? Uh, I, I mean, if I am ever, do they still do anything? I don't think so. No, no. But if they wanted to, <laughs> they could. Uh, I loved being on I Am so much. If they reformed and they wanted to do another project and they wanted to drag me back in and to do that album, then I would I would do it willingly. Like it was just cool. Not just because my big brother ID um, was on. He, that's how I got with Interdependent. But uh, it was just a cool label, man. And just dealing with him and Dom and uh, just being on the same label as like man. I was on the same label as me. Tanya Morgan, Jay Davey, Cannabis, K9, and like uh, Shia, my boy Shia, he's dope. He's from the he's from the West Coast, but like that was just like that was a really dope out, a dope label in general. But it's just a dope vibe, man. Being in the office was cool, chilling, you know what I'm saying. But I really enjoyed being on that. I mean, I remember the first time I met Cannabis. It was the craziest shit ever and nobody believes this story but like yeah I remember you telling me this back in the day yeah where he was like waiting in the garage he 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 didn't eat in the house with nobody he would eat in the garage so he was in the garage with his girl and my boy ID took me over and he was like yo I want you to meet cannabis and I was looked in the house and I looked over there like why are you eating in the garage he was like, yo, he don't like to eat with nobody else. So he went over to look, introduce me, and he kind of looked at my hand, and he cocked his head to the side and stepped back. And I don't know. Like, look, I don't care if you Jay-Z. If you have an attitude or I could sense some superstar nature about you or whatever it is. I understand it's a natural instinct of something you don't know to back up, but if you act a certain way, it don't bother me none. So I just said, fuck it. I was like, fuck him. And I turned around and went in the house. <laughs> so it's cool, but like I went in the house and then he came in the house and I guess the label was trying to do something, I don't know, corny, but they was playing like my music so he could hear it. So he was in the kitchen and then he came in the, um, studio like in the house where they was playing the music he was like yo who is that and it was like yo that's him that's finale so he was like yo man come to the come to the kitchen i gotta gotta holler at you just him so i went to the kitchen and i was like yo it's, 
That's what's up. All right, we meet now. So I dap him up, and he was like, yo, man, let me explain to you how I did that 100 bar joint. You know what I'm saying? But if we just start talking about rhymes and lyrics and him being on the same tour bus as Run DMC, and he was like, yo, you want to come to the studio with me? And I was like, yeah. So I went to the studio, and uh, that was some good times, man. Like, uh, it was crazy. It was a... Uh, it was some other things that happened that I would not put that brother out there like that, but uh, you know what I'm saying, like uh, aliens and shit. But like, like he had uh, he's definitely a unique. It's a reason that he's a genius. That's what I would say. Geniuses are some of the weirdest motherfuckers out here. Correct, right? And, uh, <laughs> but like, it's a reason that he's he is a genius, dog. Like lyrically. It still ain't nobody really on his level with certain people that pop up, so he's one of those dudes. So, right, that whole I am uh, situation did have a nice stable of people that really represented represented indie hip hop at that time. Yeah, that was a great. I look at labels like this, man, because I done hopped on a few, on and off a few labels, but like. It's boutique labels that pop up, and it's just, it's that it label all the time. So I hear labels about, I'm going to be that shit, and I'm running the game. But at, to, to, to truth be told, it's always going to be a label, a it label, a it indie label. You know what I'm saying? So right now, and it looks like for a long time, it's going to be Mellow Music Group. So they have a solid roster, and they have an uncanny ability of, like, resurrecting legends like for Razcast like to be putting records out you know what I'm saying is amazing and dope records at that but like for everybody for, for me you know what I'm saying for everybody for out not that I'm a legend or none but it's like dope that everybody like to Big Poo to Red Pill to people I came up with to Quelle somebody I always wanted a record from when he was in a you know Wasted Youth and all that stuff but like it definitely is like a, a breath of fresh air. You know, Mellow is a solid label. They got a solid roster, and they stay true to good music. As you can't you can't beat that. Any any label that got Georgia and Dudley, you can't you can't beat that. So that's what's up. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mellow has a nice stable of artists too. That, like you said, they're kind of like when it comes to the indie hip hop thing, they're you know kind of like the it thing these days, mm-hmm. and they're doing it you know quite well. Yeah, they got a great roster, man. Um, it's just uh, a great, great lineup of producers, man. Um, MCs and everybody, man. But like a lot of them, I got personal relationships with. Like, um, I love that Ken Star album. That's the homie. Um, I love that Hassan Mackey. Any project Hassan Mackey has ever put on Mellow, I love it. Um. And I'll stand by it. <laughs> and that's my brother. So, uh, like, that's... I got a blood brother, but Hassan is also considered my blood brother, too. But, like... Yeah, Hassan's a dude, man. Whatever, whatever he needs, I got him. He already know that. That's that's Rochester, anyway. That's, like, second home. But, like... Um, it's, it's definitely in... You know, it's got Apollo Brown. Guy's okay. You know what I'm saying? He's, all right. He's okay. He's all right. <laughs> nah, that's that's my brother, man. I've been knowing him for a while. I've been knowing him from the beginning. So it's crazy, like a lot of people that I've messed with, I've known from like 
jump from the beginning. So it's crazy to see like uh, Apollo. Like I've known them before they became whatever name you think you know them as. So uh, you don't kick my ass. Uh, I've known Apollo before Apollo was Apollo. I've right. known uh, uh, Hudson Mohawk. I've known uh, Knowledge. I've known Beat Butcher. I've known like all these dope producers. Like it's just crazy. And then you know my wife brings it up. She's like, "What you think they all like blew up?" I was like, "It's dope. I'm proud of them. Everybody, man. Because I've already got my time in with them, so it's cool. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's all family or whatever. But." It's just crazy, and to see like DJ Final from Norway popping off, you know what I'm saying? Now he's what Cashmere Cat or something, so he's doing his his big time thing. But it's just crazy, bro. The prog- progression of music and everything. It makes me want to start a label or do something, but we'll see, man. I'm thinking about a lot of things. So yeah, I think with uh, Apollo, I think a real turning point with him was with the track that you did with him. It wasn't even an album track. It was Bang Bang. <laughs> That's the... And the, the, to tell you the truth, that... Uh, I mean, I used to fuck with that dude so much. Like, I know he got pissed at me. He would give me a CD of, like, 60 beats. And I picked Bang Bang. And he hates that beat to this day. But I knew that that joint was... that. That's the joint, like... And we did it, and it, it took off, and uh, I mean, I, I still love that joint, so he might not like it no more, but uh, I told him in the beginning, you know what I'm saying, uh, I was going to rap to it, and it, it turned out dope. It's one of the situations where what may not be sound amazing to a producer at the time, it'll sound a lot better with a, like, an MC could pull it together, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's like a 50-50 deal, and that same thing with the other thing, so, but yeah, so I, I was happy that that turned out. We did a few joints together, but, um, you know, we were supposed to do a project together, but he kind of came in when I was wrapping up Pipe Dream, and then I was also, like, hopping over to the next thing, but I was in and out of town all the time, so, you know, he would pop up at the lab, and we would get to recording, but we recorded a lot, but... We just could never get that project out, so hopefully that happens one day. So, oh, happen. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. That's my brother, but we'll we'll see. He's a superstar now. I he's superstar now. He's, he's always in, in Europe right now. Got to wait in line, you know. Got to wait in line, you know. <laughs> I always got those European tours with whoever he's doing the album with at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's got a beautiful baby girl now. So, uh, and a, uh, you know, um, fiance. So, um, definitely proud of him. So that's what's important. Not the beats and the raps and all that, blah blah blah. Yeah. Split, so the rapidy rap <laughs> <laughs> means nothing. <laughs> okay, so uh, since you know Pipe Dream and Promise, uh, you know it's been about five years or so that we haven't had a project from you. Mm-hmm. Now we have odds and ends, and I know. During that time, it was you were you know dedicated towards your family. You had a son and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of talk about you know what you're doing during that time. Working, man. I went back like you know before Pipe Dream. I was like I was working at an engineering firm, and um, that was a good great job. 
but uh, it just wasn't for me. Um, I was too young for it. Some jobs you're too young for, and uh, some jobs you just don't fit in. Like everybody at the job was like 45 and up, and I was yeah. just like, <laughs> like 20. Like you know what I'm saying? So it was just like it just wasn't really the right right fit for me. But nobody uh, wants to work with or hear anything from a. All they talked about was Fast and the Furious. I hated that shit. You know what I'm saying? I didn't care about that movie. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's just like, yeah, we work on cars. It's great. You know, yeah. Like, everything was like just old men talking about uh, midlife crisis cars and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it was just, I just needed a change. So I gave myself six months back then. And then, uh, you know, when I found out my girl was pregnant, then I kind of just put the brakes on everything. And that was like right after I signed the deal with Mello and everything. And um, I gave Mello a deadline and I said, you need to get me the beats in by this time or I can't make no promises. So I got the beats like right before she went into labor and I couldn't really, uh, you know, make any promises with that. But it, um, it dragged itself out just cause life dragged itself out. I didn't go back into engineering. Um, I wanted to, you know, finish school and things like that, but I actually wanted to, hold on, sorry. So I wanted to, um, I don't know, I wanted to finish school, and then I just, I didn't really think. I just hit the ground running. Whatever I could get, I was working. So at one point, I was working three jobs, and I would, like, work one job at, like, a steel plant where we was left in, like, tons of steel, like, on a crane, and it was like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But, uh, and it was like this one dude, the manager, he had a hook on his hand. And they were like, what? You know why he got the hook on his hand? And I was like, nah. He was like, don't ever stick your hands in between the bars or whatever. But I saw so many guys get, like, fucked up on that job, man. But, like, I would work that job, get off, come home, sit down for, like, 30 minutes, go to another job, do that come home, sit down for about an hour, get up, drive all the way out to West Bloomfield and work till like five or six in the morning and come home and do it all over again. Like round and round and round and round and round. But I didn't care, man. I was trying to do for my family, so it didn't matter. But I knew it wasn't time to go back to music, so. And I know, I know there's one thing I know about you. You're super loyal and you're super about your family. And I know... Growing up, you know, you didn't have your father around, so I know that was important to you to be around. Yeah, it was very important. I didn't have a dad, so at all. I mean, I have a pops. I, mean, I have my grandfather, but I have a pop. I don't know what the fuck my pops look like. So uh, it was just, uh, it's a lot of people with that same story. So I'm never really, uh, you know, it's not like a super sorrow-filled uh, breakdown moment. It's a lot of, it's a lot of dudes in the hood who don't know. Know they pops and then outside the neighborhood or whatever, but it's just a, it's a sad trend. But um, no, all I have was my mom's and my grandfather and my grandma. But uh, you know they all looked out for me, so it was just a. Uh, it's just crazy that me and my wife kind of mirror my grandparents like to the T. So and I, I did not plan for that to happen at all. It just. Wait, how so? How how do you? Well, my grandfather used to. Uh, he used to sing. In a group. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess the group was pulling out of town, and they uh, they got a deal. 
And then my grandmother came in the picture, and she kind of kept him back, and uh, he, he slowed down. He stopped. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he uh, he chose family over music. So, But he's, he's, he's the model dude, man. He takes care of everybody. He's that dude. He's the nicest guy in the world. So, you know, I'm like him, and he does whatever to to please my uh, my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? She kind of just, she's the queen. So, right. And my wife is the same way. That's why they're they're best friends and stuff like that. They're they're twins. I call them. So, but yeah. So me and my grandfather are the same, and she's exactly like my uh, my grandmother. So that's uh, that's just crazy. So my grandmother's like every time I call, she's like, uh, "Hi, Derek. Is um is Bethany there? Like she don't even want to talk to me no more. So it's, just, <laughs> it's just Bethany. So." That's it. So that's that's how it's just crazy that I never knew that it was parallel like that. You know what I'm saying? But our dynamic between the two of us is like their dynamic. And you know what I'm saying? You know, it's it's just crazy. So just family stuff, man. So. You've always kind of struck me as someone who, you know, puts family first, but at the same time, you're like the person in the family that kind of holds everything together, even if it's just your immediate family mm-hmm. or with, you know, every your, your brothers, sisters, aunts and uncles, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're that person who kind of keeps a cool head. I got a cool head when it pops off. That's just my grandfather in me. He's he's cool no matter what. Nah, my grandmother is another story. and My wife is another story. She's the bulldog of the family, so... She don't really, uh, <laughs> she don't have a filter. I do. I like to smooth the situation out. She likes to just, uh, say fuck the parachute and just hop right off and off the plane and <laughs> and just just take them out. So she, uh, and that's what balances us out. So I'm not really the one who holds it together. She holds it together. I'm the one that uh that steps in when I sense that she's about to somebody about to get it. So you know what I'm saying. So. Like my son started school and certain issues came up, but I, I'm the, I would rather me be the one to, to talk to the teachers than her to pop up because that that not gonna go well. So <laughs> it's a long term thing. I don't need her, uh, you know, shutting the school down or something like that. So I'd look at it like that. I'm not the one who holds it together. So she's I'm just kind of the the cool, you know, the the calm, collected one. So that's it. Right. As someone like me who really, I, I don't know if I'll ever go into fatherhood. Oh, whatever. Man. I don't know. It's a, <laughs> it's a crazy whatever. concept to me. Whatever, man. It'll be crazy until you do it, until you see a baby. So don't worry. When you'll be ready when it happens. I might be one of those. I might be one of those like older fathers. Oh, like the uh, what's the what's the dude's name? Tony. Um. Dude, it was seventy or whatever. Oh, Tony, like, what was Tony it? Robbins or whatever his Tony, name. Yeah, it's Tony, Tony Randall. Yeah, Tony yeah. Randall. Yeah, like yeah. seventy something. I don't know if I'm going to be a seventy year old. You might. Like, it's cool. Maybe like Do a it. forty or yeah. fifty year old. Okay. Father, but right. I, I, I had too much going on in my life not <laughs> to be like. I can't whatever, even. Man. I can't. I can't even like fathom being a father right now. And I look at it like I love. I love. I love your son, Caden. I love 
my my niece and nephew. I love my friends' kids, but when I, when I look at them, I'm like, oh, if I had to, oh, I don't know if this I can a handle different all world. this. It's a different world, man. So it's just it changes everything. So that's what kids do. That's what marriage does. It changes changes everything at, at different ways and different points, man. So you never know. Never say never, man. It'll happen. But I mean, it'll happen at the right time. But when it happens, you're gonna jump. You'll be ready. Yeah, I, I'll never say never, but it just you'll something be ready. that like you'll be ready. Some little girl, you know, running up to you. You're buying her everything. So, yeah, man. I could see you having a kid or two. Yeah, we'll see. Or five, right? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> if I ever have kids, it's going to be a kid or two. <laughs> none of this, none of this, you know, 10 of us thing. You oh, know. no. Come on, man. You don't want to, um, you don't want one of those shows? No, I don't want one of those shows oh, on TLC. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, man. But I've known you for a minute, man. You're the, you're the man. I don't know if you ever really thought about it. I'm sure you have. I have thought about it, and I'm understanding it more now than I did when we were roommates. Yeah. You're the man. But it's still like my last relationship really kind of it still haunts me because it was so <laughs> it was so just terrible and I just totally got like so sucked into it. Mm. It, it it was a it was a relationship it was a situation it was a and I'm never gonna speak her name on this podcast but mm-hmm. it was just, it was ruining my life it was sucking the life out of me you know oh, wow but um. I mean, yeah. even when we were roommates, you saw the few girls that I bring back to the. Oh yeah, you know? man. Me and Bethany wanted to jump on them so bad, but uh, you know, it's just we don't like seeing you going out like that, man. So you, you're a nice dude. So you know, you'd always suck up with the one we knew. We knew she wouldn't be around that long. So <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always like in hindsight, I'm always looking like I feel like all the girls that kind of like I got together with. Mm-hmm. Like saw the saw something in me on at face value that once they got around me, mm-hmm. it was totally different. Like the whole DJ thing or the whole writer thing. Yeah. And they thought maybe I would like whisk them off into this crazy world of partying and drugs and drinking yeah. and meeting rappers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I'd rather just stay at home and watch TV or something like watch some wrestling or whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It just I, I don't I don't move fast, you know. So. No, you like to keep it separate, and being separate is is a great thing. Like me, I, I before I met her, like before I met my wife, like I kept it completely separate. I did not talk to any woman at any show. That just wasn't my thing. Like anytime a show was working, you know, I go to the club, I say what up, make my rounds. And then I go to the back. I get a drink, and I go to the back in the corner or somewhere, and I right. stay there. I don't. I don't hop in nobody's face, and then that's it. Or if I meet a girl, I didn't pay attention when I met my wife the first couple times. Like I literally did not look her in the face. Like it just wasn't my thing. Like to meet anybody in the club, but um, definitely like, nah, man. You want to keep those things separate. You don't want to meet anybody while you at quote unquote work because they think that that's 
you 24-7. So when right. you get, when the lights go on and the music stops and they see you and you're watching Sci-Fi Channel all the damn time, like, that's not what they signed on for. They think you're supposed to be K-Fresh 24-7 and that's that's not it. So, you ain't got time. It's exhausting, bro. Like, how the fuck I'm going to be K-Fresh on all damn day? Dude, it's totally <laughs> exhausting, man. <laughs> it's totally exhausting, man. I would say, well, girls would just always, like, you know, complain that, you know, maybe I don't talk that much, you know. I'm like, look, I got to talk to people all the time, man. Right. Just I chill. Like, Can we just shut up for a second? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the like the perfect relationship I would want to be in is with someone that we can be in the same room together mm-hmm. and not have to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I can be in one part of the room reading a book, and she can be in another part of the room reading a book, and it would be cool. Mm-hmm. But we still enjoy each other, you know? And we talk when we talk, you know? That's great in a perfect world. But uh, <laughs> you need somebody to balance you out because my wife talks a lot. And um, it's just, I don't talk at all. I don't talk enough. So the funny thing is she'll be like, you know, what do you think about this? And I'm like, that's cool. What do you think about that? I was like, hmm. And it's not enough. So she'll be like, oh, you, you're acting funny now. You got an attitude. And I was like, I'm just don't, I just don't have, I don't have enough words. I don't, I don't feel like it. That's, that's my problem too. I don't, I just don't have the words for what you're looking for right now to have like, when I'm in interview mode or podcast mode or, or at, mm-hmm. or even at the club or whatever, I mm-hmm. might talk more, you know, I, it's my, th- I'm in a whole other mode. Yeah. But when I'm like mm-hmm. out and about just trying to chill, just trying to, you know, whatever, you know. I don't talk that much, you know. I don't have something to say about every subject, you know. So sometimes it just doesn't, you know, and and sometimes it just, that's just not enough. Yeah. It just, you know, I see what you're saying. It's just, but I need her. I need her to balance me out. So that's that's cool. Like, we still have an understanding. You don't want it to get awkward to where you're looking at each other like that. Like, she don't like you and you don't like when you start noticing those differences, but you got to appreciate those differences. So we're, we're, we're polar opposites, but we fit together well. But I had to learn that from talking to people that I was exactly like, like, you don't want to talk to anybody exactly. I thought it would be amazing to talk to somebody who was exactly like me, but it's pretty damn boring. Like to talk to somebody who's exactly (laughs) like, so no, she, she keeps me, keeps me grounded and keeps me balanced. And I don't, um, I'll never second guess it, so that's cool. Yeah, I know when 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 you and you and her were you know first kind of together, you guys butted heads a lot. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, how are you able to just smooth things over and and be a family man, be a husband and a wife? Man, we just we just I don't know. We just learned to appreciate the differences for what they were. In the beginning, it was like, ah, why you like that? And she would look at me like, why you like that? just be like I don't got time for this and they would just back and forth and back and forth and arguing but then it would be it would get to be to the point where we would argue and she'd be like well pick me up from the damn airport and I was like well when we just arguing five minutes ago and shit like it was just it was just like that but like we had to learn to appreciate that like I know how she's gonna be she knows how I'm gonna be she knows I'm not good with money I don't know how to say no she knows how to manage it. Like you gotta, 
build a, a partnership, you know what I'm saying? And she's the perfect partner. She She's there. I can work. I can leave and go get the money. But I can bring it home, and she could hide it and uh, <laughs> make sure I don't have it. To I don't have it. If I have it in my face and he looks at me and she looks at me, I'm going to just buy it and spend it all up. <laughs> But I'm not going to say no. And then I'll look up and be like, I ain't got no damn money left. And she'll be like, well, what happened to the money? And I'm looking like, well, you asked me for something, so I bought it. I didn't say no. And so it ain't really my fault. So, But, like, she knows how to manage it all. So she's she's the perfect. It, my grandparents are the same way. My, grand, my grandfather made the money. My grandmother invested it all. And they sitting pretty. So that's how I want us to be. So I got to figure something different because I hate my fucking job and I want us to have that kind of money. So I'm going to spend this next two months in France, like really, uh, you know, gathering some ideas to figure out how to, you know, figure some things out. So it's going to be a different kind of a you know, ball game when I get back. So Yeah, that, that's that's kind of like in the place where I'm in. But I, I don't have a wife or anything. Not yet. But, I'm you know, the, the, the first steps towards getting out of the job that I hate Mm-hmm. And but still being able to provide for myself, you yeah. Know? But one thing, and that, that's great that you have that in your life. What I, all these you know girls that I'd be out with, that it was just like they just felt like I just had like an endless supply of money or something. And I'm like, I just have this shitty job, right? Like office job. I'm not mm-hmm. making sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, man. Right. We can't go out. And spend and blow a lot of money at the bar. You make good money night. though. All you ate was like uh, you like wimpy on Popeye. You just ate like uh, hamburgers and ketchup, like just hamburgers all day. That's all you ate, hamburgers. And I, I didn't think like not even like the big hamburgers. You ate like the little the kid hamburgers. So I knew you had money because all you ate was a hamburger. And you would be like, be like, what you want to go eat? I would want to go eat like a Whopper. And you would be like, oh, just give me a give me a give me a hamburger with ketchup on it. Like a dollar hamburger. That's the thing about me. I always get the cheapest thing on the uh, menu. It doesn't matter where we go. We can go to a place that has all expensive food, and I will literally get the cheapest thing on yeah. the menu. It just it's it's what's in me. I don't know. And I'm not being a cheapskate. It's literally the thing that I like. Like I'm back. Even if I go to Taco Bell now, I'm back to getting the soft taco. Taco Bell's cheap, no matter what you buy at Taco Bell, technically. But I still won't get the whatever the big. New thing that they have on the menu that's five ninety nine or whatever you know the craptastic one thousand or whatever, whatever it is yeah yeah the, makes you boo boo the nacho meal. that's mixed with the the Doritos that's mixed with the the chili that's mixed with the cheese that's whatever they have and, and that's wrapped in three burritos yeah. like that's four ninety nine and then six ninety nine with the meal you know yeah, no I'll buddy. still get the simple yeah. soft taco. It just and it's not it's kind of me being frugal, but at the same time, I like the simple thing on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> and you saw that a lot when we were roommates. Yeah. You just eat the same thing. You never ate anything. You ate like hot pockets and uh. No, I used to always make spaghetti. Or you ate you made taco meat and used to freeze it and you used to eat that like unfreeze it and then make quick tacos. Oh yeah, I would. I would I would cook the taco. I cook a bunch of taco meat. That's nasty. I would eat. Enough for my like the meal at that time, but then I would fr- I would put the rest in the refrigerator, then microwave it up later. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's perfect, man. No, that's good. It's pretty nasty. Oh. Uh, that was good. Yeah. 
No, no, it was it was really good. No, I kn- I know what I was doing with my little meals, but I always I always ate spaghetti every day. You did always eat spaghetti. Tate used to always clown me about that. Yeah, and Tate used to make salmon all the time. <laughs> you bored me. Yeah, make salmon all the time. All the time, salmon, 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 salmon. And he would make like different like meals. salmon stuff. Yeah, like yeah, it would just be like a, a salmon burrito or something like yeah, that. Yeah, salmon everything. Yeah, salmon everything. Salmon sandwiches. Salmon sandwiches, salmon mm. meals, salmon everything, man. All salmon everything. Tate salmon. Tate salmon. <laughs> 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 we'll call Tate the salmon guy. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't wear pink shirts. Pink shirt. Oh yeah. Like salmon. I see. Oh, that was pretty clever. <laughs> pretty clever. I get clever every once in a while. Yeah, especially when you get crown royal in your cup. Yeah. I have nothing in my cup right now. Oh man, it's horrible. <laughs> but um, okay, let's you know wind you know rewind back a little bit to to you know growing up in Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. How many uh, brothers and sisters do you have? One brother, one sister. Um, they're both younger than me. So. Um, oh, you you're the oldest of the. Yeah, I'm the, the older brother. Yeah, you gotta keep him in check. I know you keep your, your sister in check. Yeah, I can't keep my brother in check. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brittany, um, I can't keep Brittany in check neither. She, she got the listen. rules for her. She don't listen to the rules, man. <laughs> Nobody listen to the rules. My wife don't listen to the rules. Brittany don't listen to the rules. <laughs> I got rules, but nobody listen to them. So. Caden don't listen to the rules. It's all right. One day they'll listen. That's 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 being a man, I guess, in America. I guess. It's being a man, being a black man with a black wife and everything. But you know, maybe you know, it's just a, you know, it's just a just a growing thing. But it's all right. I love her the same. She's all good. It's all good. I got rules, but it's all right. I don't follow the rules either, so that's what it is. See, she's standing right behind me. She's probably looking at me. Yeah, she was pointing at you with like a you know smile on her face. Yeah, she's throwing a root on me because she's from the Caribbean islands. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how was it? You know, what was your childhood like? You know, what was the you know what was the the childhood finale? The childhood Derek Cooper. Oh, you just gave my government on the podcast. It's horrible. Oh, uh, they're gonna come after you now. I ain't got, I ain't gonna get nothing. I ain't got nothing to give. Um, look at them whispering back there, whispering, sniggling, and giggling. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bun B. <laughs> Bun B. <laughs> Your wife is gangster, though. She is gangster. She, she loves Spice, Spice One. Spice One. I never thought I'd be with a woman who likes Spice One. She don't know nothing about King T. No. Um. I mean, I guess growing up, I was the quiet dude. So I'm still the quiet dude. But yeah. I was the guy that didn't really say nothing to nobody. So I couldn't say nothing to nobody. My grandmother was my teacher in uh, school. So... It was just a different kind of vibe, so I didn't really. I played a lot of sports, 
And then uh, I started rapping when I got to college in Atlanta. And that was pretty much it. And then that was kind of, I got back to Detroit, and that's finale. So, What got you into rapping? Somebody told me I look like a rapper. <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> so you're like screw it let's do it <laughs> yeah let's do it man no I was on the strip in Atlanta I was uh, freestyling a lot so I went to uh, Morehouse and I met a lot of people and um, I guess you know it just kind of stuck with me I just like freestyling and then I got back to Detroit and then I started writing and working in my craft and it just turned turned into something so yeah, once you guys, you know, started rapping, come back to Detroit, you know, what was, you know, sort of like that experience, you know, coming up in the Detroit scene like? Uh, it was fun, you know what I'm saying? Meeting everybody. Um, I graduated. I remember battling, uh, traveling on buses with Hostile and, uh, who else? Uh, Hostile, Killer Khan, Mo Dirty. Going to rap it uh, with One Below, Elite, um, studio sessions with Trayvon and uh, Haircut, uh, well, Mayor Hawthorne, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and it's just crazy, man. I mean, just meeting everybody and then hooking up with everybody from Cobb to Hex to, to Invincible to everybody, man. It's just, the, you know, the scene really accepted me rather quickly and... Uh, it wasn't just a scene in Detroit. I hooked up with a lot of different people from a lot of places. So I put a few records out in the beginning with people in places I had never seen yet. So in uh, Amsterdam and London, I put 12-inch records out in the beginning. And the first producers I messed with was from overseas. It wasn't from over here. So, yeah, man, it was just uh, the Detroit scene was, uh, I mean, it kind of helped that I went to high school with Contact from Lush, so I play football with uh, Kamal. So now nah, Kamal's on the radio now, and uh, that's weird to cut the radio and to hear him talking on one hundred seven five or hear uh, Ike, uh, Ike Love. You know what I'm saying? It's just funny. You know what I'm saying? The, the way the dots connect with everybody. But yeah, I mean, I've been in and out the scene. I met everybody, so it's just crazy. It's been a it's been a really accepting scene. Uh, a lot of love, a lot of funny acting people, but you know, nobody ain't never said it to my face, so it's all good. Yeah, because they think you' about to punch them in the jaw. I wouldn't punch anybody in jaw. I'm a really nice guy. You are, but but, but you're a bigger <laughs> dude, man. You, you might think you know you might punch them in the jaw though. I could. You could, you know. Mm. I would. Give him one of those uh, roadhouse uh, boot blade know, kicks. Boot, <laughs> boot blade kicks. Yeah. Just, yeah. You shouldn't laugh about Roadhouse. Roadhouse is a great movie. It's a classic Dude, movie. Dude, it is a great. Has Terry Funk in it. Yeah, but let me explain how Roadhouse changed my life. Oh, do tell, please. Do tell. This is great podcast right here. Great podcasting right here. All right. Dalton. He's a bouncer at a club. That's like, he's already in the club. They call him down because he's the enforcer to clean up a club. Gets there. Goes to the top of a barn, does Tai Chi, goes to the club, cleans the club up. Then his daddy comes down, and they both kick ass. And there's a guy with a boot blade. Think he's going to cut Dalton. Not going to happen. Why? 
because it's dope. Roadhouse. End of story. Amazing story. Change your life. I think everybody should watch it. If you watch the Titanic or you watch movies like that, you know what I'm saying? I think Roadhouse could change your life. So, Dude, and the Brett Wesley one, like, character is one of the best villains I know. I was waiting. Film. I was waiting for him to get it. Dalton. Yes. Yeah. One of the best villains. and He was just an asshole. That's right. But he was so a seething asshole, you know? Right. It, it was great. But he wasn't Dalton. It wasn't Dalton, though. Mm -mm. I love that movie. Like, I'm serious about that movie. I wish I had a Roadhouse t-shirt. I'd wear it every day. There, there probably is somewhere you can get a Roadhouse t-shirt. Tattoo. Online. Yeah. I need something like that. This, if you go on, if you Google, there's probably somewhere. That they, there's probably a whole assortment of Roadhouse t-shirts at this point. There's a t-shirt for everything. When I go in the club, I don't even think about rapping. I just think I'm going to clean this shit up like Dalton. Like, that's what I think when I go in. And then I, I look, okay, I'm getting paid so to rap. But really, I come in prepared to clean that shit up like Dalton. In a way, you kind of do that with your rapping. I've, I've been, been to countless shows of yours. You go up there, you can do one song. And it's like I dodge the boot blade. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're Dalton. Going in there, doing roundhouse kicks, and every other rapper in there. You make a lot of sense right now. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm. That's why I do what I do. That's why you're K Fresh. That's why I'm K Fresh. And that's why I, I started this podcast to make sense of the world. And it makes sense of Roadhouse. It it adapts to everybody's life. I think it's a. It does. Oh man. I never thought about it like that. That's what's up. <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. You changed my life. You're like, you're like you're like the Dalton of hip hop. Wow, just blew my mind right there. For real. I think that needs to be like finale, the Dalton of hip hop. Yeah. Right there, man. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Boot blades don't matter. You, That's you, you, you totally need to do a song about boot blades or something called boot blade or something called roadhouse. Something you know. Mm -hmm. That references Roadhouse. Roadhouse is a great movie. Wait, have have you ever referenced Roadhouse in any of your rhymes? Not yet, dude. Why not? It's like an untouchable thing, man. It's classic. You know what I'm saying? You don't mess with that. You know what I'm saying? You can't touch classic. So, I mean, what do you think about the reboot they're thinking about doing? That's horrible. That's a horrible idea. You can't remake a classic. I mean, that's all they do, though. Man. No, you can't remake that. That is a classic. You can't remake it, and they want to have Ronda Rousey um, do it. I, that's not. It's not even a great idea. So I mean, it could be cool, you know. No, it can't. Or, she can't act. She can't act. No, nah, she's, she's probably not. She's not Patrick Swayze. No, 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 she's not. No, it's horrible. So I don't. I don't see that that going over well. But uh, might have some good moves in it, maybe. But yeah, it's probably it probably has some good moves in it. I'll still watch it though. Just because I'm a critic. But that's what's up, man. That was great. Great Roadhouse talk. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of extending on that, like, it is undeniable that whenever you kind of just, you know, walk into a situation, you do garner respect quite quickly. That's not respect. That's just people don't know what to make of me. So I don't say anything. So... 
if no one says anything around you, you don't want to say the wrong thing or approach them differently. So, do you think you're intimidating in, in any way? I don't. Th- I don't look at it like that. Some other people might look at it like that, but I don't really care. I mean, it's I do what I want, say what I want. I don't care. So, rap is just rap. You know what I'm saying? It's probably only five people I know on this hip hop scene. I'll say it. Who actually do what they rap, and who I, <laughs> who I respect on that level that I know exactly what they're saying, they actually do. So uh, it's this trick, trick. So <laughs> he has a history of doing what he does. Uh, there's a, of course, there's Hex, uh, uh, guilty. Uh, I mean, it's a couple others here and there, but there's there's people that I know. Uh, and then there's other people that, but it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? There's other people that I know. It doesn't bother me. So what? You know what I'm saying? I'm here, you're there. My hand's open and I could smack the shit out of <laughs> It don't matter, so. And it's it's kind of funny, that situation, because what what this podcast is about is about music and also about, like, professional wrestling that's what this podcast is going to be about that's what rap is and and that's what basically rap music is it's very kayfabe you know it's very it's as much as you know it, they try to be real try to think it's real they're really suspending reality in most cases you know and it's a lot of it's so super scripted or predetermined in some way well it's a uh... I don't know. It's a. It's you know. It is scripted, but it's it's a it's an image. It's a it's a. I don't know. When you come up as a kid, you want to be something. You want people to know like what you go through. So they wanna. You wanna live what you don't live on a regular basis or whatever. So. Until it comes crumbling down and we find out that that's not really what you what you what you represent. But really, I mean, is it really shocking that somebody isn't selling drugs all day? Right. How is that even possible? Like, I mean, all the stuff that we grew up listening to, if you really look, look at the lyrics, I'm like, how can you actually do that, man? You're well, not- some of them did. I mean, it's, it's, it's understandable that you did it, but for you to continue telling me that you still do it, but you tour two, five, 250 times out of a year, how much weight are you really moving? You know what I'm saying? Like, It's not really believable, but... I mean, real people know what what real people do, and we know people who really do it, and it's it's just is what it is. But like, it's just rap is is wrestling. Rap is uh, it's a it's a script. I mean, wrestling's entertaining, but uh, you know what I'm saying? It was like, look, if you put, I don't know, shit, if you put. A professional wrestler up against, uh, I don't know, Tony Ja. How would that pair, how would that work out? Right. He would just, like, knee him in the chest and it would be a it would be a rap. You know what I'm saying? But it's still sport. It's still a sport. Rap is a sport. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, just, it just is what it is. But, like, it is, you want to live out through your lyrics. You want to live out your dreams through your lyrics. So that's all it is. I think at one time I feel like hip hop and rap was like you could see a clear like they were talk if they weren't talking about themselves they were talking about someone else yeah like Nas 
But now you have guys who are really taking a whole persona that somebody else's onto themselves for you know for entertainment purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you know a lot of us can kind of see through it, but it's still they're really going in on it and trying to really you know believe their own story. I don't really look. I mean, I look at it like, how else would you would you put it out there? You got kids just like eighteen talking about they they kingpins on the block. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you got you got to be like forty. You know what I'm saying to do to see any real money off that. You know what I'm saying? You don't come out the <laughs> come out the womb like killing the game. You know what I'm saying? I'm, right. I'm about to take over this corner. That corner. It's about to be like the Y out here. Like you know what I'm saying? It ain't. It ain't like that. So you got to be like 50 or 40 to, to do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's not believable at the end of the day. Yeah, I hear you and you running it and I get it. But it's really, probably really your uncle. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody that show up and give you a couple hundred dollars and send you on your way for some George or something like that. But right. Or you hung out with him and you were sitting in the passenger seat when he was making some moves. But it's just a, it's just funny to me, man. It's just the way that rap rap is. I'm not on no real or fake because I feel like it's a yin and yang with hip hop, man. You need the bad like you need the good. And what might be bad to you is great to a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like some people hate Lil Boosie, but some people Milwaukee worships the shit out of Lil Boosie. Like, I mean, but it's a time and a place for everything. Right. If I'm in the club, I don't want to hear Quali talking about, you know, rapidy raps, you know what I'm right. saying? And I'm drinking and I'm I'm in like a hood club. I don't want to hear most deaf pop off singing Umi says. I don't want to hear that. You know what I'm <laughs> right. I want to hear, you know, Travis Scott or something crazy like that. You know what I'm saying? You want to hear some, some ignorant shit like that. But even at the times when I want to really hate on some of the stuff that might be on the radio or whatnot, there is a place for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And sometimes you'll hear stories that make you go, you know what, it's not too bad. You know, like there was a story that I saw recently where um, there was a fan of, uh, what's his name, Fetty Wap? Yeah. Who said that he felt a lot more comfortable going out with his prosthetic eye because of him. Yeah. It's, it's shit like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Some people That's latch cool. on, yes. That's cool, you know. I'm glad that he's been able to have that effect on somebody. You never know what some people grasp at. You know what I'm saying? So some people grab certain parts of my songs and they, they, they like that or they like the Seven Days joint because they hate their job too or crazy shit like that. But you know what I'm saying? You never know why some why some people like a certain rapper or like a certain thing. It's just it just is what it is. And and then I'm sick of people fronting. It's like, look, we all start out with the backpack on. We all start out rapping six-syllable words, and we all start out super scientific, all this shit, you know what I'm saying? But we all gradually gravitate towards we want money all of a sudden. When it, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, underground or not, you still want money, and it is what it is. So somebody like openly and blatantly rapping about money, what's the point? I mean, it wasn't like Special Ed and Slick Rick and all them dudes wasn't rapping about money back in the day. Oh, that's real hip-hop, but... Slick Red got an eye patch full of diamonds, you know what I'm saying? And Special Ed got a solid gold dog bone. Like, I'm like, it just, it's just a crazy, you a hip-hop purist, and I hear you talking, but it's just, it's just funny, man, how some people think that they're above something else, and it's what it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you don't understand drill music in Chicago, then that's, you ain't from the shot, so you don't know. Right. 
just like people that rap triple and double time, and they don't understand that it all came from the shot, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, like, or like Crucial Conflict. If you don't know the backstory on things, don't even speak on it. So it just is, or you don't know, like, certain people like, yeah, I like most Def. I like Common. And I, I, I like Resurrection Common more than this Common. But I still like UGK and Gangsta Boo, and I still like all them. I still like that the same way. I still like Young Bleed. I still like Mia X the same exact way. I even like Silk the Shocker. Like, you know what I'm saying? I even like all of that stuff. I mean, past Detroit. I like hood music, but I still like Outkast. You right. know what I'm saying? It's just, it's like I said, it's a yin and yang, and it's a time and place for everything. And, and if you start limiting what you listen to and you start judging, and you you miss out on like the little gems that might pop in on a uh, that might pop in on a. Um, I think if you really listen to a Gucci Mane album, he probably says one amazing thing in it, but you just missed out on it because yeah. you just refused to listen to it. Right. Like I told somebody one time, he's like Jeezy is horrible. I was like, to be honest with you, I think Jeezy can low key really rap, like like really spit. Like, did you like? Did you hear the last album that he did? Yeah. yeah. He had some really thought-provoking songs on there. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I like that one joint, though. What was the Fortune joint? Or what was it called? The one with T.I.? The one he had a video for. That was dope. That was dope. I remember really liking that that the one, uh, that one Holy Ghost joint. Yeah, he's he's definitely got some got some shit. But I mean, like I've I've like you can't put it past the proper. It is a business at the end of the day, right? And you're gonna do what makes money, so you can't you can't knock that at all. So anybody like this hustling to make their money or doing whatever they got to do, I don't I don't knock them. It's just we choose a different path. That don't drive me, but it might drive me if I put a suit and tie on and go to work. It don't matter. But if your suit and tie is in the booth and you want to make money and capitalize on it. Who am I to hate on your progress? So, I want to get in and get out at work. If you just want to get in and get out with rap, that's your choice. Right. I choose to stick around a little bit. So, that's what's up. Yeah, and rap, everything you know does have kind of like a time and place. There's different. We've gotten to a point where there's sort of different sectors of hip hop and rap, and we're also at a point where hip hop is actually solidified in a maturation period. It's. There's a grown folks audience. Now it is. Yeah. You're yeah. seeing things like the roots are on late night TV now. You're seeing stuff it, like that. I think people put their blinders up. It's just like nobody pays attention to age. Like I told one kid, he's like, oh, the Wu-Tang is a shit, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't fuck with them old niggas. Like <laughs> they 50, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're older than yeah. most. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? All right. Or somebody saying, you know, my sister was saying, like, yeah, I listen to Jamie Foxx and blah, blah, but, like, I don't listen to these new singers. And I was like, but Jamie Foxx is, like, you know what I'm saying? He's 50. Like, it's just Jay-Z, 50. You know what I'm saying? Right. Kanye, he's pushing, like, 40-something. I'm just saying, it's just, you got to look at, like, there's no real age limit on hip-hop anymore. And we go through stages where you had the little, where everybody coming out in hip-hop was, like, 13 years old. Because it was a gimmick or whatever. So Bow Wow was popping. And then you had, like, you know, all the little ABC groups and all this stuff popping off. Right. But, like, now it's like, you know, Scarface dro probably dropped the most amazing album this year, period. 
I don't I don't see anything topping it. So, and I was right. waiting on that. I was waiting on that more than the Ghetto Boys album. But like that, Face he can't never go wrong. So, oh, the new fa- Ghostface. I mean, uh, Scarface album is yeah. incredible. Probably one of the best of his career. Yeah. And he was he was on the the Combat Jack uh, podcast talking about it. And he was always talking about there's always always people in his ear saying, "Oh, you gotta reach the youth. You gotta reach the youth." And he was like, "Man, fuck that, man." He's like, "You know who my uh, audience is? It's y'all, 30, 40 year olds. You know, the people that came up with me. The youth will will get around to it yeah. if they want to. But I'm gonna be speaking for the people that came up with me." I mean, that's basically what it is, man. I mean, you gotta rap for the. Um, it's a different audience. It's a mature audience, but you gotta just. Rap about growing up Ain't nothing wrong with that You know what I'm saying My album is about growing up It just is what it is I mean I mean these kids They gonna have their own music You know what I'm saying I hate saying these kids But like You know they gonna have Their little dances It's always been A, a song about a dance It's always, always been A song about some stupid shit You know what I'm saying That they just wanted to do And then you can't You can't knock that We all had that coming up too It just is what it is So the older folks Are like y'all listen to that bullshit and You know what I'm saying But it was just Whatever was 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 cool, you know what I'm saying. It just is what it is. You can't knock them or whatever. But at the end, of, we all grew up, we matured, and we realized that hey, man, I'm liking this this trap called question. Let me go ahead and go listen to the whole you know discography and shit like that. But it just it takes a minute for you to graduate to a certain level. That's how I think you got to go through the bumps and the bruises. So with with uh, whatever you got to go through the uh, the growing pains and everything with music. So and you got to. Get your ass whipped a couple times, you know what I'm saying? It just to to grow up, so and get knocked on the head and get a, you know, an old head to wide, you know, get you hip to the game and everything. Right. So that's why I stick close to like a, a lot of older rappers and things like that. And I think we're at a time right now where those original hip hop fans that were coming up with, you know, the birth of hip hop, whatnot, they're older now. They've had kids. The kids are out of the house now. Mm-hmm. So they're actually consumers again. Yeah. And they can appreciate the stuff that they liked before, either whether they're going to go back and revisit the stuff that they grew up on or find stuff now that sounds like that. So I feel like there is a place for, you know, the Scarface deeply rooted of the world now. I don't think that's something that will ever should go away. No, it, it won't go away. There's certain rappers that can rap forever. Um, Scarface is one of them. Busta Rhymes is another one. Um, it's just you know, it's, there's a lot of rappers that just can do it forever and ever. There, there used to be an age limit on hip hop. I used to say this like, DJs can DJ forever, uh, producers can produce forever, ghostwriters can write forever, but rappers in the light, you don't have. You got to limit it. You got to get it where you can get it because you you want a time limit. It's ticking. You know what I'm saying? So put put your records out. Put them out as, as quickly as you can, and then and then gracefully bow out. But now you can take your time or whatever. I think I remember when uh, Jay Electronica got signed to Rock Nation, and then it came out how old he was, and then you know uh, Invincible came to me and she was like, "Yo, that that's what's up. That's that's amazing." You know what I'm saying? And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's cool," but it's um. And it, and it really was. It was an amazing thing. It definitely opened the door that somebody could sign a deal that big and to a major. And Jay been in it for a long time. You already know. So right. it's just it's just amazing. And the fact that he just is playing cat and mouse with the game, 
Like, he don't care. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's inspiring, too. You can control your own destiny and how you do it and do what you want to do, and nobody can tell you otherwise. So, that's him. So, you might get an album from him. You might not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he might be in Nepal. He might be in uh, Peru. You know, he might be in uh, somewhere else. So, it just... It just depends. I mean, but I just like the the way hip hop is changing right now. There, there's still younger rappers that are students to the game or whatever. So they are learning to be students to the game. I'm getting sick of these new rappers coming out thinking they just I got that new shit. I'm changing it up. I mean, and I'm looking <laughs> like I've heard that like we've been hearing that forever a million times. <laughs> like, shut up. Like it's just everybody said their album was about to change the game. Yeah, I, I bet that's been said a billion times. A billion times. <laughs> <laughs> about to shake shit up. Nah, it's just um. Yo, man, you can't you just wait till you hear this new shit, man. It's crazy, son. No, so it's, I'm definitely uh, I, I I like hearing new newer rappers, man. New dudes with uh, just a refreshing sound, but like a, a sound that even if it's an older sound, they got a sound where they pay attention to what came out before, so. And they got to respect, you know what I'm saying? You got to respect what came before you. And it's a lot of people, a lot of younger rappers that don't really respect what came before them. Or they try to disrespect. But the minute we in your face, or the older rapper is in your face, you know what I'm saying? Like, you all, you all, oh man, what can you teach me? And blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? But I just heard you talking mad shit right. about like older rappers or whatever, so... What about the flip where it's like you have these older rappers that are trying to be rele- relevant with the newer guys, like doing the records that sound like the younger guys, dressing like them, That's even corny. though they're 40. That's corny. Just just be yourself, man. It's, it's cool. You can already wrap circles around them, man. Just show them a thing or two. Do what you know is best. You don't got to change your style and you don't got to adapt. You can adapt. Adapting is great. Um, but adapt in your own particular way. Like figure figure your own sound out. Don't figure I gotta rap like uh in order for me to pop off, I gotta sound like, you know, the kid that's doing the uh what's that fucking song where the the dude is uh watch me whip and all that shit. Like all these older rappers coming out like trying to do these dance songs and all this shit like you can't dance like it's, it's just a the only old cat that I I seen that can still dance is Kane yeah no, no, no. that's that's yeah nobody can mess with Big Daddy Kane so and he still do the backflips and everything on stage right that's man but like I'm I'm um but that's a respect thing he's still staying true to what he knows best and he's still Big Daddy Kane you can't you can't change his uh, his approach to the mic, his uh, his coolness to the mic. He ain't got to get all wild and jump back and forth and get all sweaty or whatever. He come out there cool, calm, and collected, and then show you show you how to do it. That's what I like with OGs. They can just show you like, sit back. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to control the crowd. Cause these kids that they don't know how to control, they figure they gotta yell at you, or they gotta jump or stage dive or do some crazy. You know, shit or whatever to, to really pop off, and they got to have a wow factor. Really, it's just a skills factor. That's back in the day, it was a skills factor, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Skills are skills. That's why certain rappers is excelling more than other rappers because they figured out that it's just, it's really just skills. It ain't got to be how hype you are. If you're saying something and you're saying it calmly and it's really comfortable, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll do what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, back in the day, it was. Hip hop was about a a skills thing, a competition thing. 
the competition was feverish, especially, you know, around those, you know, the mid nineties time when a classic album was dropping weekly. It was a delivery thing. I mean, it was really just an and it was a different game. I mean, those dudes were getting major label deals. So um, between Hyro and everybody and Souls of Mischief and everybody, those 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 dudes you think are super underground were getting like top dollar from these major labels because they were moving units and they had like a, a solid fan base. Hyro still has a solid fan base. Oh yeah, they had their own day. You know, yeah, they were festival, man. Yeah, they that's just... amazing. And they they can they tour they tour once out of the year, and they kick back for the rest of the year. So that's amazing. That's a goal. They hustle differently on the West Coast, but I mean it's all it's always a dream, man. How to how to hustle your music? It's not it's not what you're saying. It's how you push it, man. So it's just uh, I, I was at a, a WWE uh, with uh, John Cena or somebody. Yeah, he was working with Jake One. And, uh, yeah, Jake one did the uh, theme song for his entrance music. And my boy ID took me to the fight, and I saw E Forty walk in like the president or something crazy. Like, but that's like that's amazing that hip hop gets that much respect down there. But they they work hard for that, man. You got to respect that they they hustle differently, and it's no real animosity like it is here in Detroit, man. It's just a it's just a funny kind of thing how we hold each other back here, so. And even so, you've been always someone here in Detroit that's always tried to foster the the young cats that's been coming up in the scene. You know, it's you know, it's not like you know, you're not in a place where you can like make them a superstar or whatever. But you've always been open to giving them advice to be able to you know you know do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. You know. I mean, I I can't really call it advice. I mean, if they need you know to be pointed or turned somewhere in a direction and I can tell them like you want distribution this is how you go about doing it or if you want this and that then you could do that but I don't look at it as like you know me telling somebody how to how to make it or whatever I've known everybody to see everybody see clear soul forces come from some kids I met at the Ritz and on Hoover and Nine Mile uh, to to tour in Germany with Mob Deep right now so that's that's like dope you know what I'm saying so you know what I'm saying? It's like, and then you got new cats like Nolan. So he's he's doing he's doing great things. But you know, when I met Nolan, when I got back from France, I told him, um, you know, I can't I can't manage you or nothing. But uh, if you have any questions, you can ask me, and you know, I'm an open book. I'm not gonna hold anything. There's no me not telling you something. Me on Mello and me like let's say you're a rapper, and I offer you, I say, okay, go holler at Mike. And you get a deal. It doesn't change the fact that you're not going to change my release date. Right. I'm in contract. So, so. There's a lot of people that would think otherwise. Yeah. They, th- they think if something happens to, to, you know, to them on your turf that it's competition or it's going to be taken away from, from them, you know. A lot of that goes around. I'm not arrogant, but then it's my spot is my spot. Nobody yeah. take my spot. This is what it is. So I work I work at a different work ethic and I work with a different way of approaching my craft. I'm not saying you approach yours less than less is like less less like with less effort than me, but uh I just do it differently. So it's fine. I give you the tools but I'm building a I'm building a statue of David. You still building 
you know, Snoopy. I mean, it, it's. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> now, see, that was arrogant. But was, <laughs> who that arrogance? Who that no, arrogance? no, it's just I look at what I do is I'm I'm still working on my craft. I'm still trying to reach those those levels. We had the same paintbrushes, but I'm trying to I'm trying to make the Sistine Chapel. You know what I'm saying? But you you know you. You still got to figure out your watercolors. But at least, I, at least I gave you the brushes. But you know what I'm saying? It's all good. But I just, I want everybody to win, and I don't, I don't think anybody winning right along with me or me telling somebody to come with me, is not gonna knock me off my thing. I'll do what I want when I want. If I want to put something out, I know how to do it. It just is what it is. But I want to work with who I want to work with, and. You don't want to work with me, fine. Don't matter to me. I mean, I'm gonna do what I do regardless. But these Detroit just feels like they just gotta. Oh, you ain't riding with me, or you ain't on my team, then you ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Or he don't ever talk to nobody. He don't ever share or tell nobody nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what am I supposed to share with you? Right. <laughs> Your son's calling you. <laughs> oh yeah, in the middle of his sleep. <laughs> That's cute. Okay, like, kind of like closing out this podcast. Um, I mean, you got the new album out right now on uh, Odds and Ends, and it's very much like this is this is a this is like a grown folks album. This has songs that are you know real life shit, you know real everyday working man's type of things, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you know, speak about, you know, what went into going, you know, putting out this album. Uh, everything went into it, man. Living, working, marriage, kids. Um, I don't know, man. Everything from start to finish went into this album. Same thing went in the pipe dream. Pipe dream took, just as long to make to be honest with you you know that but right. uh um i rewrote i scrapped it uh probably about five times over with this album but it's just a growing album man it's just i don't look at it as a grown album i just look at it, anybody can relate to it. it don't matter if you're 20 at a job or 40 at a job or 50 at a job you some a lot of people hate their fucking job so it's just <laughs> So it's yeah. just it's just a great it's a, I think it's a good record it's a real record I was nervous about people taking an honest record uh, right after something like Pipe Dream but Pipe Dream was kind of honest too but it had its bangers mixed in there this record has a few bangers and it's, the track list is small but uh, it's a pretty complete honest you know project and I'm I'm pretty proud of it so I'm uh, I'm just yeah I like that it was like only like ten tracks long it was very digestible yeah and. It's very easy to grasp, you know, and just be able to vi- be able to dissect the mm-hmm. album and really get a hold of what was being said. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pipe Dream was what thirteen tracks, and uh, this was ten. I like to keep it around that. I mean, I don't really like to do. I mean, no disrespect to anybody that puts out like twenty track albums and shit, but uh, it's too much rap. That's you know too much, man. Even <laughs> it's too much. It's too much rap. I mean, I don't feel like. <laughs> And I'm giving you too damn much. You ain't gonna pay me double price for that shit. I mean, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> the record contract doesn't. Uh, no, nah, I need to give me double for that. I mean, there's right. two albums, so I could split that up and get two two checks. But I mean, it's just um, I'm just it's an honest record, and 
um, I'm glad the feedback has been so great. I'm um, I'm really appreciative. So uh, a lot of people has hit, hit me up, and uh, labels done a great job of uh, pushing it. Um, and you know, I look forward to taking it out there. But everybody's been real receptive of it, man. I haven't gotten any really, I haven't gotten any bad reviews. So it's a, uh, it's just cool. It's a good record. So I'm um, thank you to everybody who's uh, supported and bought it. If you ain't bought it, go buy it. But um, I look forward to doing a, a few, a few, 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 few more things. We'll see how, see what happens. But uh, I'm definitely proud of the project. Thank you to uh, to Odyssey, to everybody, to uh, to Mello, everybody like that. I mean, I'm just you know appreciative that everybody took to an album that I took so long to make. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But it just you know they stuck around. So that was that was that was uh, that was the weird thing that everybody stuck around. So how does it feel that you know people just kind of stuck around in a kind of a, a music era that, which is very short term, you know, very you know easily forgettable. Well, it just shows you that I made a I'm not gonna that the point of pipe dream was to make a record that that stood for a minute like. You know what I'm saying? Lasted a minute. I didn't want a record that you would forget about in a year. So, Pipe Dream lasted a while. Developed with Spirit lasted a minute. But, uh, you know, this new record, I wanted to, it's the kind of a period piece. I, I just look at it to last a, last a while. So, that's how I make records. I want records that's going to last. I don't want records that's just going to, you know, last for the minute, last for the summer. So, I just want records that's going to last, period. Just last for a while. So, that's what's up. So, thank you for having me, Mister Mister Fresh. So, what's next on the menu after this album? Since this album's out now, uh, just record, man. Just doing what I want to do. So, who knows? Who knows, man? There's there's albums that I want to do with producers that I want to work with, but uh, there's uh, I'm doing a lot of new music with Asan Mackey. So, you know, he makes beats now, and uh, there's other producers that I want to rap with. So, uh. Other dudes do albums that were long overdue. We might get around to finishing them. We might get around to working on them. Um, I'm gonna do a lot of recording while I'm overseas for a couple months. I'm gonna try to stuff my studio in a bag, and then uh, we'll we'll see what uh what comes out of it. I mean, it just it's just really just this record just got started. So, but I'm still gonna be recording along the way. I got beats on top of beats from everybody, man. From Theory Hazard to to everybody, it's a lot of a lot of producers um, that I really want to mess with and do more work with Socrates and just a lot of producers I really really want to mess with. So I just want to work out, try try new sounds out, do new stuff. So we'll see, we'll see, man. I mean, no no promises no more. I don't really I'm not looking for it. If a deal happens, great. So if it doesn't, it's all good. It's all good. I've seen enough. I've done enough. I've seen a lot. So it doesn't matter. I'm not a. Uh, I don't know, man. You said earlier you're not chasing dreams anymore. Not really. It's just <laughs> what it is. I mean, I open the door if it's right there, and hey, how you doing? Hey, you know what I'm saying, hey, you want to go to France? Let's do it. I mean, but otherwise, I'm not gonna. I'm not making packages no more. I'm not sending shit to labels no more. It don't matter. I mean, I'm at the particular point where if they come to me and we work a situation out that's good for me and my family, then fine. But. I don't have to uh, 
ask for shit. So, <laughs> and I'm not going to. I've never had to do that. So, damn it, there's the arrogant coming out again. But I don't. Just a little bit. Just I don't have, Look, I don't want to. I don't have to. I don't need to. It just is what it is. I just want to make some good music. And if you want to buy it to the labels, if you want to buy it, Mellow, if you want to buy another one, you know what I'm saying? You can, we, can, we can work something out. But I like being on Mellow. I like being on a label that, that stands for something. So Mellow stands for something. Interdependent stood for something. Every every label or situation I've had has been with like really credible people. So um metal mellow, um uh it's all family. It's all good. So um just is what it is. I'm just looking forward to making more music. So I think the next, I just feel like, I guess the phrase and the motto is we can do more. We can always do more. So I'm just going to try to do more. This is what it is. More music. Money. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. More stamps. And passport. Just, it's what it is. So, but this time around, it's not just for me. So it's different. So if I, if I tax your ass, then <laughs> it's because if I get home, my wife going to tax my ass. So it's all good. <laughs> Right. Yeah, as we close out this podcast, um, you know, where can you know people find you? You know, on the internet. You know, kind of plug your shit at this point. Oh man, uh, finale det three one three. It's on the Instagram, the Facebook, and the Twitter. I'm on that, so you can just hit me up on that. So I'm I'm trying to get better at that stuff. So you know retweeting and all that stuff and regramming and all that stuff like that I'm trying to get better with it I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get it get it one of these days but if you hit me up I'll, I'll answer back it's all good so you know what I'm saying I'm gonna get used to it it's like community service for me now so I'm gonna get <laughs> it I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get I'm gonna enjoy it I'm gonna try to really work on it while I'm overseas so you might see a lot more posts and stuff like that coming from me. I think I probably only have maybe, I don't know, 30, 30, 35 posts, 40 on my Instagram or something like that. So it's pretty good. I don't even know if I'm I'm connected with your Instagram yet. I didn't even know you had an Instagram. Yeah, see? There we go. Oh, so, I gotta figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah. I'll add you when I get home. Yeah, man, let's do it, man. Instagram, add you, you know what I'm saying? Instagram tweets all that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, let's. let's you tweet out. all your food that you eat overseas. I don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't do that. So Corona kept trying to make me do that shit. Take pictures of everything, and I gotta get used to it. I'm gonna take a camera with me this time, and you know, make sure everything is good, but. I still got a pack, so it's all good. So, what time is it now? Shit. Like, well, it's 10.30. Damn it, I ain't packed shit. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. But yeah, man, thanks for having me, bro. So, all right, yeah, thanks for, you know, being on the the first episode of uh, Fresh is the Word. Sweet. And, uh, like always, it's always great to talk to you. Oh, yeah, man. You always bring the arrogant side of me out, so... You know, I'm like a cranky rapper or something. I don't really, you know, I'm just, just do what I want, say what I want. Nobody can change my mind. I'm stuck in my ways. But, uh, yeah. But you're not, like, jaded yet. I don't know if you're jaded yet, but to the point where everything's just horrible to you. 
Like, you can't even, like, no one can bring up anything to you without you saying some shitty comment back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm jaded in that respect, but I'm jaded into where I can, uh... If you ask me if I have a problem with you, I'll probably tell you... I'm at the point where I would tell you exactly that I do have a problem with you and what I think of it. So I don't I don't have a filter anymore this time around. Right. I used to I had to it took a minute for me to figure out how to just shake hands and smile and kiss babies and Invincible taught me that and Corona taught me that but I think over time and seeing people's true intentions and things like that I don't have a filter anymore. So I'm still nice but if you if you have an inkling that you feel like there's some type of tension or you right. want to know what I truly think of you you can ask me. I'll tell you. No filter at all. I'll tell you. If I just you know, say, hey, let's, let's just, uh, you're a bitch. I always thought you were a bitch. It just <laughs> is what it is. But I just kept quiet because I'm a nice guy. But I don't care anymore. You're a rapper. It's just rap things. Rap things you're doing. And I get it. I get it. But, like, if you, if you really want to know, just ask me and I'll tell you. If you want to know what I think of your music, ask me, I'll tell you. I don't have a filter anymore. Not with rappers. Rappers are funny. Um, it just is what it is. You guys are hilarious. Like, I think being on the outside looking in, you see a whole lot more. And you see the patterns. I see what I used to do, and I don't have to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I see what, you know, now that I'm back in, Seeing what you, what I used to do and what you guys do on a regular basis is just is doubly funny to me. So it's just uh, you guys are funny. It just is what it is. You need clown hats and a clown car and uh, <laughs> makeup and shit. You know what I mean? It's just funny guys. You know what I'm saying? You need a um, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. It's just like made up shit. You know, it's just funny. Like, yeah, there's a lot you, of corniness going on. Corniness, man. Corniness and like, uh, I don't know what's up with you guys, but it's just, it's funny. And it's funny because I know, um, I know what you do to each other because you've done it to me. Like, we'll shake each other's hand, but I'll turn and I'll walk out the room. I know for a fact you said, you're saying something else when I walk out the room. Right. And that's the funniest thing to me too. So, I know what you've said. I know what you've done when I've walked out the room. I know what you've said in private. It always makes its way back. So that's that's the main reason I have no filter is because I know everything. And a lot of people think I don't know everything, and they pop up in my face so hard when I'm out. <laughs> What's up, man? How's the family? Shut the... You don't know right. shit about my family. Right. But it's just... You know what I'm saying? It's just, I haven't spoken to you in so long. Like, I just... Rap is funny. I just want to make good music. If you want to do the same, let's do it. But uh, all that extra rapper shit, I'm 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 too grown for that. So I'm too grown, and my uh, my pimp hand too strong. So uh, huh. so just what is? There's that arrogance a little. Oh damn! Little bit I'm sorry. Shit. Little bit there, little bit. It's all good, but you guys understand. So it's all good. You guys get it. You get it. You get me. You get me. 
I know you guys do. Detroit hip hop gets me. I know they do. That's why they they stay away from me. They get me. So it's all right. I think we got a clear understanding. Me, me, and everybody. So it's it's it's, it's cool. So it's what it is. Hip hop, I love it. Right. Love it so much. Yeah. All right, man. It's been good talking to you. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's always good to talk to you, man. You're my brother, man. You're my brother. Definitely, man. Definitely. Man. That's why I could just talk shit like this. I can't do this on a regular interview. So Sharif would kick my ass. So no, but I definitely <laughs> I could do what I want. It's all good. But uh yeah, man. Thanks for having me, bro. It's just like old times. I appreciate that shit. So you don't get your just due, man. So you're the man. I'm, I mean that. So you you've done a lot for everybody. So we we owe you a lot. So you you've uh, well none of us had no damn write ups in the beginning if it wasn't for your ass oh. uh, sneaking shit in on the editor and shit. Right. So, but I definitely uh, you know appreciate the support. So you you were the reason a lot of us got our little our shine throughout the city or whatever. So yeah, man. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure to always do that. Everybody earned it. I know, but you earned a lot. You earned a lot too. We, we we earned it, you know what I'm saying. But it was, it didn't matter. It it was your write ups and everything, your website and everything that you pushed. You put everything behind it, so you didn't have to do that. So we we appreciate you, man. So no doubt. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all the that's all the like props I'm gonna be giving your ass like. Oh, okay. Right. That's it. So that's enough. I, I I don't need any more ass kiss. No, no more ass kissing. No, I, I don't do that. But no, I mean, no. you, I I definitely gave you a, a fair handshake and told you, you know, you good job. That that's what that was. That oh, was okay. A, I'm sorry. I'm nasty. sorry if I I'm sorry if I you know I thought it was ass kiss. No, I don't. I don't. No. I know you don't ass kiss anybody. I don't. I don't. No. This 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 is going completely left. I don't, <laughs> I don't kiss ass. Don't Probably a good it. time to end the end the podcast. Yeah. My wife, no. Thank you. Thank you, Fresh, for having me out. <laughs> Thank you, Finale, for being my debut guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's end this. All right, please. Well, that was the interview with Finale. He's such a good dude. That's, you know, that's like a brother to me. So go out and uh, purchase this new album, Odds and Ends. It's on the Mellow Music Group label. So thanks for tuning in and listening to the first episode of Fresh is the Word. If you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, just spread the word. You can post a link to the website, which is freshisthepodcast.com, on all your social medias. Plus, if you go to the website, there's a link at the top that says support the podcast. And from there, there's a PayPal link that you can use. And also, if you shop on Amazon, there's an Amazon link on the website that you can use. Uh, just bookmark it. Put in your favorites, and every time you shop on Amazon, use that link, and I'll earn a little bit of commission on each and every one of those purchases. And on social media, we're on both Twitter and Instagram at Fresh is the Word One. That's Fresh is the Word, then the number one. You can also search on Facebook for Fresh is the Word, and the page will pop up. So give that a like. Again, thanks for listening, and I don't know how to close it, so peace. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.